I was a teenage fuck up. My name's Joe Queer. You're listening to the Dummy Room. This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. Hey everybody, you're the W Rube. I'm Jody Havnot, joined as always by Mr. Nate Demmel. What's up, dude? Uh, nothing. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. You? Doing all right. Hanging in there, man. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, hey, uh, did you happen to see Kelsey's uh, Kelsey's post about the album names? I did. I saw it uh, yesterday. What was yours? Do you know? Did I you do it? I can't remember. I don't remember what the hell it was. I don't remember mine either, but I had a good one, dude. It had something to do with pizza. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Do you think she okay. did she make those parameters up herself or did she just like copy and paste it from <laughs> something else? I think she did because it says uh it says by Kelsey Weasel. So I, I think she made them up. That's cool. Um so mine was uh run off with the worst pizza. <laughs> nice. Which isn't the best one, what but Tell me the parameters and you can tell me what mine is. Uh, okay, so it's the, the birth month. September. So yeah, dedicated to, and then it's uh, first initial and last initial. So uh, dedicated to your old sneaker. <laughs> I am. I got a whole box full of chucks here in the basement. <laughs> I wear them when I mow the yard. <laughs> Sometimes one black ones and one gray one, or one blue one and one red one. Just whatever I two I could I, pick out first. I got the old Chucks too, and I just had to throw a pair away because I was wearing them in the uh, the uh, the basement, you know. Yeah. The, the oh, plumbing, okay, the plumbing. Basement. yeah, yeah, <laughs> those sh- yeah, the shitty shoes. So yeah, but um, the group's been full of Teen Idols pictures the last couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, last week and uh, Teen Idols and laid backs, which everything kind of got shipped out a little bit later than I wanted, but. Whatever, yeah, people getting. got them now. Yeah. Yeah, man. I want to hear some reviews. Everyone posts these pictures. No one has said a damn thing about any of the songs. It's like, come on, what do you like? I want to know what people yeah, I like. Think, I, I think people just post pictures right away. And I'll take it, you know, because oh, yeah, it, cool. people post and people suddenly there's someone that hadn't seen it before. Yeah. I don't know how. Cool. But yeah, man. Hey, one more thing before. Uh, okay, so this is episode 121, of course. Uh, we got Monty A. Melnick, Ramon's tour manager, you know. Yeah. author you know who he is everybody, yeah, everybody knows, who, knows he is. who he is yeah yeah he's coming up here um but Haley and the crushers did you get the uh the record from her i did yeah i haven't had time to like thank her in person so Haley, i know you listen thank you so much that shit rocks and the, same here the I art actually, looks great too yeah I, lo- I actually love the artwork um i got it i don't know it seems like a couple weeks ago and i just haven't had a time yeah, i've just too. been so busy and i messaged with her the other day um and she asked me if we got it. I said I did. And uh, yeah, man, I I actually that that song, uh, Jackaranda. I can't even say. I think it's Jackaranda. Jackaranda. You're just thinking Jack-a-randa. about a Jackarama. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's great, man. She's definitely um, she has a sound, and I hope she doesn't. I I thought maybe she would stray a little bit by now. You know, get a little bit. You know, put a little more gain on it. But uh, I'm glad she hasn't. And in the video for that, she's wearing uh, the dummy room shirt. So yeah, super cool. 
dude it's such it's a great song um just in that go-go's vein you know oh big time it's perfect so really like it thanks Haley. and uh i guess we should get to monty yeah we should we're gonna keep him waiting it's already an hour later for him you know what i mean yeah he's in new york right yeah so anything else you gotta say nope thanks everyone who uh did get a laid backs disc I hope you liked it. Well, definitely. Um, I got more than everybody else, though. So um, I win. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do have to say, though, uh, Mom's Basement's got some shit coming out. Oh, yeah. New pro, new protons pa- new proton packs and uh, new Radio Blast. Oh, yeah. I kind of wanted to mention that last week, I think. And I I, uh, I got windowsill on my brain last week. So <laughs> Yeah, Uncle John's been, you know, consistently doing badass stuff. So good on him. Dude, dude he is. Um, I, I'm not. I can't. I know some shit. He's told me some stuff. I'm not letting anything out. But uh, the end, the rest of the year, man, even next year is going to be a killer for John. Right on. People Great are going to go nuts. Yep. Nuts. Nuts. <laughs> well, let's get to Monty then. All right. Let's do Monty. All right. D-U-M-M-Y-R-O-O-M. Coming up next, we got a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next. Coming up next. We got a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next. All right, we're here with uh, Monty A. Melnick. How you doing, man? Doing good. Very good. Awesome. And, uh, we suspended the no Melnick sign for the evening. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, behind that, you want to hear the story behind that? Absolutely. So basically, uh, the crew put this um, sign up on their door, the crew room, no Melnick. So I wasn't supposed to go into the crew room, right? That's great. It was a, big, a joke. But then again, what happens, they, uh, we started playing all the different clubs, and then the crew would uh, start writing it on the walls, no Melnick's, <laughs> ceilings, no Melnick's. So it's, people great. come to me and say, hey, I saw no Melnick's in the ceiling in a club that we just played. What's that all about? And, and they actually put the Ramones put in a video. They put yeah, it on like I want to live. I think right on, on Times Square. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The Times, <laughs> so I'm, I was in Times Square. That's so cool. <laughs> Do you know how much that cost them to put up there? Oh no, I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, Monty, you grew up in New York as well, right? Because you went to school with Tommy and everything. Ourselves, I'm a Queens boy. Yeah, cool. So, did you? Did you? Like pre-Ramones, you were in other bands, but did you happen to see like the Dolls or Dust or any of those great bands? Well, Dolls, sure. Yeah, not Dust. I you never saw dust. dust. No, I mean, I went to a lot of shows with Tommy. I mean, you know, Fillmore East yeah. was uh, at the time, which is a great venue. We saw everybody: Jimi Hendrix, uh, Cream, uh, The Doors, uh, a lot of people. Sam and Dave. Uh, we we saw a lot of music uh, in, in the early years. That's awesome. What do you think of the dolls when they were around? Nah, I, it wasn't my cup of tea. No? <laughs> no. I, you know, because my band, I, I eventually went into a country rock type of band, the 30 Days Out. Yeah. I had two albums out on one of other reprise, and we, we opened up for the Beach Boys and a few other, Quicksilver Messenger Service. Wow. Tom Rush. So I was, uh, it was country rock stuff, so I wasn't really into the punk scene, really. Right. So or... It, or the glam rock scene actually was yeah, like glitter, punk. glitter gl- glam rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Actually, the band I was in with Tommy later on called Butch was kind of a transition, uh, uh, right? Like glam rock, punk type of thing. Cool. But more rock, more hard rock. 
What was Tommy like in school, like back in those days? What was he like? Well, he's very knowledgeable person. He knew a lot, you know. Yeah, that's cool. So when he kind of said he was kind of working with this band, the Ramones, what did what did you think the first time you heard the Ramones? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy and I uh, built this performance studio, a rehearsal recording studio. Okay. Uh, and we got to uh, we we built it. Manage, and then we got to manage it, and then we got free time to work on our own um, projects at the time. I had a band at the time I was working with, and Tommy brought in the three-piece Ramones just to produce them and manage them. It was Joey on drums, ZD singing and playing bass, and Johnny on guitar. And they were very, very raw, raw, raw. I mean, it's <laughs> painful for me to listen to because I came from... I had two albums, uh, recording artists, and I, you know, my band... Could play their instruments and sing and with harmonies and all that so it was you know difficult for me to listen to in the beginning right but did but you kind of see that there was like a a little kernel of greatness there or no not in the beginning no <laughs> <laughs> i mean have you, you've seen the black and white pictures that i'm playing first shows like the cbgb's they yeah, start yeah. stop they fight they don't know what they're you know they don't know what they're doing they, they were just learning there's instruments and all um you know the at, putting together the band at the time so and i i was really just running sound early on for them for showcases so that's cool um, that's how i got involved with them basically yeah. how was joey on the drums you know i never saw him play drums okay tom tom was in there with them at the time because he got his that was his thing and i was doing something else at the time so i pulled joey off the drums because he heard you know Didi was having a hard time singing and playing right. bass yeah but he heard joey had a good voice you know so uh, that's how that happened. Tommy didn't really want to be in the band. He just wanted to produce them and manage them. Right. But he was like the mm. only guy that could actually do what they needed him to do, right? Or that was willing to, anyways. <laughs> and the problem also was they, they, uh, they bring in drummers to audition for them, and no, the drummers couldn't figure out what the band was doing. They couldn't figure it out, you know? Yeah. So Tommy would sit down and the drums and say, you know, play something like this. He was, he was a guitar player, not a drummer, you know? Yeah. And no drummers could, you know, do what they were doing. They didn't understand the early Ramones. But Tommy, Tommy understood that and developed the whole style of drumming. Yeah, he did. So awesome. So, so they asked him to join the group. He, initially, he didn't want to, you know, he just wanted to produce them and manage them. Right. So wh at what point did you become the road manager? Well, first I started doing, they had showcases in the performance studio. So I was running sound for them. And then... Uh, they had a job. They started playing like CBGBs. And they said, oh, why don't you come and do the sound with, for us there, you know? Yeah. So I, I did that for a few shows. And then uh, perform, performance studios had to close down because of the neighbors. We didn't have enough acoustic uh, insulation. It was, the place shut down. But they were starting to get jobs. So they said, why don't you come along and uh, run the sound and do everything in the beginning? Wow. That's so cool. So I was schlepping the equipment and running the sound, and along with Mickey, and uh, and then the bigger they got, the more they you know decided to hire a sound man, and then the more uh, monitor men and roadies and stuff. I moved up from sound man roadie to road manager, then tour manager over the years. And we you know we're talking about twenty years here, so yeah. it gra yeah. gradually built up. The thing is that the the performance studios closed down and. 
they started getting jobs all over the place. So I said, okay, this is interesting. I'll, I'd like to travel around too and see different cities at, at first, you know? Yeah. And then it became international. It was great. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you think the Ramones were going to go that far? When, like, obviously not when you first heard them, but once they started gathering steam at CBGBs and stuff, did you kind of realize that they were going to do as well as they ended up doing? Well, yeah. I mean, they it was a gradual climb and they worked on it it didn't happen like overnight i mean they really worked hard on their look and uh they're, they're getting their instruments together and the and the sound and the stage presence and all that you know people think it was such like slop slop easy no records and bang it out no they worked on the the show they they were very particular on how they wanted to look on stage and all that so they grew on me over the years of course me doing the sound i was involved in that so i kind of got into it more you know yeah and they got better you know yeah they did hey monty uh cool thing about the ramones is they were they they hit this uh this level of of fame you know they they never they didn't sell millions of albums but they're so loved their fans are so rabid that they actually everyone knows who the tour manager is <laughs> you know like there's like three or four people that aren't that weren't ramones that everyone knows like linda and you and arturo and you know what i mean mickey and it's like oh. it's so cool i i can't even think of another i don't know any other tour managers but I, i'm sure like you know well, well you see that the lucky thing that happened for me was usually a tour manager goes out of the band and then the tour's over then they gotta look for another band yeah, yeah. The band goes ramones over. never left the road <laughs> they also kept me around. For, I work with them in the studios and the videos and the, on Rock and Roll High School. I'm in Rock and Roll High School. I got yep, work. yep. And then, uh, you know, it just kept on going and going like the Energizer Bunny. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so then they kept me on payroll. So that was great, you know. That's so cool. And also, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have read my book. On mm -hmm. the road. Oh, yeah. Out now in a bonus edition. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so let me ask you: when you were when you were touring with the Ramones, was there a was there a point when you knew you were going to write a book? No, that only happened later, afterwards. Afterward, actually, I should have kept a diary or something. I would, a lot of stuff I can't remember, you know. Right. Yeah, kept that little <laughs> black book like Johnny did or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should I should have wrote down everything. But then again, <laughs> they say if you were there, you really if you remember, you really weren't there. <laughs> right. But that's an old that's an old hippie joke. I'm sorry. So uh, who came who came up with the cover art for the book? Because I, I think it's really cool that you know you had all the Ramones in that in that one band together. Yeah, that's a good story. So, you know, you, you write a book about a band, you have the picture of the band on the cover, but there was four or five different uh, bands, Ramones lineups. Yep. You know, I didn't want to put all photos on it, so I was good friends with John Holmstrom, Punk Magazine, right? Card Great artist, cartoonist, and I said, "Man, let's let's do something." Now I'm in the van, and there's all eight Ramones. So he he did a great job there. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He's got, you know, we're coming out of New York. There's the YooHoo bottles flying <laughs> up. There's the pinheads chasing the van, and CBGBs in the background. And you see the sign over. Do you have the book in front of you there? Yeah, uh, two thousand two hundred sixty-three miles to go. Yeah, that's a good. You know what that is, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. So. Yeah. You saw, I was thinking this the other day, um, only two people saw more Ramones, show than you, more Ramones shows than you, obviously Johnny and Joey, right? I think I totally saw a few more than me. Really? I was there for every single, I, th I think I was there for like 2,240, 50 shows, <laughs> you know. I missed a few in the beginning. Right. 
Still, that's so but, bad. But actually, I'm the only one left alive that was there from the beginning of the Ramones to the end. Right. Arturo was there. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. Yeah. Rest yeah. in peace, Arturo. Yeah. What do you remember about the one of those first tours with the Ramones with the Runaways? Oh, oh, it's it's great. You know. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> they were something else. They were really good. Yeah, I love the Runaways, man. I think it's no. kind of cool that they've you know they've become way bigger today than they ever were you know what i mean there's a movie and everybody kind of reveres them now but back in the day i mean what was it like how did people react to like sheree curry's like you know lingerie on stage and all that stuff were people bugging out or what yeah there was there was some rowdy crowds there you know (laughs) bunch of like creepy old men leering at them or what no it was punk rock crowds and they were, you know, jumping up on, you know, jumping up on stage and stuff like that. But we became good friends with like Joan Jett at the end. Actually, I I interviewed her for my in my book. Yeah, you know, she's, mm-hmm. she's a good friend. Um, yeah, you know, it was. Uh, yeah, the crowds were wild. You know, there was all sorts of advanced knowledge about the Runaways and Ramones, so p- people knew what they were getting into when they came to the shows. You know. Yeah. So speaking of the Runaways playing with the Ramones was there ever um obviously the Ramones were one of the great bands but um was did you ever see a band play with the Ramones that were that kind of blew them away or even came close I should say not that I can think of no nah, nobody you know? came close yeah. to the Ramones do you know? know what I mean I mean they played with some good bands though and I'm just wondering yeah. if yeah. anyone I mean, ever gave them a run for their money well yeah I mean you know uh, Talking Heads open up for the Ramones Blonde open up for the Ramones B-52s open up for the Ramones uh <laughs> how's that yeah, all those Ramones. Groups, I, I love all those groups. Uh, they, Ramones are way better than all of them. And they became so much bigger. The poor Ramones oh, yeah. watched this, all these groups that opened up for them. You know, pass them by. It was crazy. It's frustrating. I bet it was. What yeah. I find it's got to be pretty frustrating for you as well. Is like you know the Ramones today are so fucking huge, but they never got to really enjoy that success. They've already they were already gone. You know what I mean? Well. Yeah, I, I tell this joke, this is a thousand time, I'll tell it. If the Ramones were this big when I was working for them, I would have gotten a big raise. Totally. <laughs> They're huge now. I mean, it's like the Stones, Ramones, Beatles, you know? Yeah, totally. People talk about it in the same breath. I'm, I'm amazed. It's unbelievable. And it's a shame the four originals are not around here to see this immense success they have right now. Yeah, it's, a, it's really sad. What do you think of like Marky and Richie going out there and kind of doing basically Ramones shows by themselves with other people? What do you think of that? Well, basically, well, CJ, Marky, Richie, those yeah. are the three out there. Marky does a strict Ramones sets, you yeah. know. Richie and CJ have their own stuff. They got their own thing. Yeah. Uh, and they do Ramones songs too. And they they go out as Marky Ramone, Richie Ramone, CJ Ramone. Right. So they're they do Ramon songs too, but Marky plays more Ramon songs than the other ones, basically. Yeah. And uh, I, I just w- was listening to CJ's interview you guys did. It was great. Thanks. Yeah, CJ's great, man. He's so my he's favorite a- of the remaining Ramones as far as the, the music that he does today. I can't stand what Richie does. And Marky, you know, there's really <laughs> nothing new there. So. All right. <laughs> Hell yeah, he's doing well. Yeah. I don't understand how, though, you know. just It's you just know, on the but- name, dude, I think. I don't know. It's, I guess, you know, he has his, his solo stuff. Some people like it. And then, uh, yeah, a couple people. Actually, Mark has some solo things. Actually, I manage Mark for his first two albums. Oh, yeah? With the uh, the Intruders? Yeah. I, I got him his first deal. 
That's awesome. That stuff was actually pretty good, and they were great live yeah. too. That was good. That was a good band he had together. But then yeah. now he just basically does Ramon stuff. Yeah, I, you can't blame the guy though. I mean, that's his claim to fame. No one, no one talks about dust. You know what I mean? People like love it. You know, in South, South America, it goes crazy with all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to so ask you ju- about. Was like how crazy. I mean, you can see it on various videos, but when you guys would go down there, it, ha- it was like Beatlemania, right? Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> they got a taste of what it would be to be, uh, to be a big, uh, huge band, you know? Yeah. They, they didn't was... like it, actually, because they, you know, Johnny was complaining, I can't go out and walk around and go to the stores and blah, 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 you know, because you couldn't go out of the hotel. Yeah. They surround the hotel. We had, a, we had a change a few hotels that because the kids were like breaking the glass and pounding on trying to get in and... We had to find a hotel with a big fence, and, they, and even at night they were like chanting, waking up the people in the hotel. It was crazy. That's awesome. So, so other than uh, like South America, um, what's what's a cool place for him? Obviously, New York probably was a good spot for him. But anywhere else that you know you loved playing, not you, but you loved seeing them play at. Well, my favorite Japan was. I loved going there. Yeah, cool. Australia was terrific. And all the European countries, every place had its uh, little crowds and fans. But, uh, you know, Japan, I enjoyed Japan the most for me personally because it was like such a different cultural, diving into a different culture, you know. Yeah. In the early days, was there ever, you know, when they were obviously smaller, did they did they end up in some small town somewhere and they just say, fuck this, we're never playing here again? Was there ever anything like that? No, there's a few instances yeah. like we're in like um, state of Washington, like some small town, the lumberjack town, where the <laughs> states it's like chicken wire over the front of it. You know? <laughs> and then, so we played the set; it was really fast, you know. And then the, the promoter, the, the club owner, comes out and says, "That's not enough. I'm not paying <laughs> it." So they played the set again. They played the set twice, and they paid us. <laughs> nice. And there was like lumberjacks; they didn't know what the hell was going on there. Good thing there was chicken wire on. <laughs> and, you know, a few times that over the years, the booking agents, we had different booking agents. And they could, in the early years, they couldn't figure out what the Ramones were about. So they would put, stick us on some dingbat bills that really shouldn't be being, been on. They figured, you know, Black Sabbath. That yeah. was like, you know, bad because they, 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 that crowd didn't want to hear the Ramones. And they were throwing stuff and it was dangerous. Wow. And we opened up, there was a big festival in 78 in Canada. Uh, Ted Nugent was on the bill. And we were like early on the show in the afternoon. And people were throwing like uh, sandwiches and food up on stage. <laughs> and, and there's a famous picture. Oh, is that when like they're flipping the crowd off and yes. everything? Yes, yeah, 30,000 people. And Johnny and Dee Dee like flipping the, the, all the 30,000 people. <laughs> I love that, man. It's like. That's great. That was great. That's Luckily, Johnny. they were only throwing sandwiches and stuff. But the Black Sabbath crowd. That was rough. Huh. That was rough. Yeah, those and Sabbath also, people, it was, the ruins are way too fast for Sabbath fans. You know what I mean? And they got booed off on Johnny Winter. Johnny <laughs> Winter, what a strange bill. Yeah, yeah, here's a good bill. Toto. They put yeah. us on Toto. <laughs> wow. But the only good thing, I tell the show all the time, the only good thing about that is that by the time the Ramones came off stage, the, the, the audience woke up, so it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Toto. The trip. Yeah, so finally, we got a good booking agent. They, they realized we really couldn't open up for a lot of these bands, so they doing the headlining mostly. You know. Yeah. Um, Mike Oldfield once that was good. Wow. Hmm. 
I got a quick question about tour managing real quick. I've always wanted to know, like, uh, a band of that caliber or even bigger, how do they get paid? You know, at the end of the night for a small band that's playing a small club, they just get some cash. But I'm wondering, I mean, the Ramones obviously weren't getting, you know, $100,000 per show or anything, but did they get a check or did they get cash or how does that work? Well, basically half the money was sent in. Okay. And then I pick up what I needed, you know, and, and then uh, or and then get a check if I was, it was too much, you know. Yeah, okay. How much cash I needed on the road. But, but always half was sent in in advance because we had a good, you know, you have a good booking agent and they do that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I always wondered that. I always never knew how the bigger, you know, somewhat bigger bands pulled it up. Because today you couldn't get a check. I mean, I don't think do people still accept checks I don't on the know. road like that? I wouldn't think so. But I mean, I think bands have accountants and stuff like that. Or you know, there's a tour manager, road manager, stage manager, accountant. You know, this all the bigger bands have that, so they deal with that separately. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The Ramones kind of seem like the kind of band you wouldn't want to just kind of fuck over. No, that was a good thing because, you know, that's why I didn't have much problem with like, a lot of promoters and club owners because I said, you know, don't fool around. You're never going to get another band in here mm. if you piss us off and then I'll just go to a booking agent. You know, don't book the club. So they had to, you know, deal with the rider properly and all that. Talk about money. This is an interesting story. We're in Italy. So I had to pick up the money there and I had to pick up a million lira. Because that was like, you know, $5,000. <laughs> but I had to count the damn million lira. It took me like an hour. <laughs> so, Monty, in the early days when the Ramones were still playing like smaller clubs, did they have a guarantee or are they just taking the door or how did that all work out? Now, luckily, that they, they started right away with a good old booking agents who was guaranteed. Oh, cool. What was that? Uh... Then you had a, we had a percentage too, you know, on in the deal. So I'd have to make sure. What, like of the, know, of the bar? No, no, percentage. If it went over the certain uh, gross, you know, oh, okay. figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ticket sales, you know? Yeah. So they they have a set fee, and then if it did better than usual, they'd get extra money. Oh, that's cool. Plus, they had the merchandising to themselves, so that yeah. was... Yeah, was that T-shirt money. That's where it's at. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where they made the... You know, because they didn't sell the albums, they they did it on merchandising. They were also basically a touring band, they, you know, yeah. not an album selling band. Yeah, I bet you nowadays though, the, those album sales have gone way up. I bet you know, with all oh. the different generations discovering them and all that. Yeah, it's huge now. They're, they're making a lot of money. You think any of basically, those records are gold or are oh, yeah. platinum now or what? Yeah, there's the first album's gold. The Ramones Mania is gold and. I'm not sure how close the other ones are, but that's they're crazy. Selling, they're selling. That's cool, but I again, mean, they, they never got to enjoy that success. You know, it's so bogus. It's just horrible. They're putting out these the box sets now. Each album. Yeah, I love oh, yeah. those. Those have been they're great. Up. The next one is End of the End Century. Of Century, yeah. I'm excited for that one because supposedly yeah. Rick Rubin's going to fix it and bring back Johnny's guitar and get rid of some of that <laughs> wall of sound, if as it were, you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That's the that that album has my the fav, my favorite one song on it. Which one? All the way? Since you're mentioned, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. I figured it was. Yeah, <laughs> that's easy for me. People come. What's your favorite Ramon song? It's easy for me to say. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. I like a lot of other Ramon songs, but that's my favorite. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. My band used to cover that like 20 years ago. Oh boy! Yeah, it's good times. I always love that one. 
I can't wait to hear it, though, like, remastered and remixed by anyone else. You know what I mean? Nothing against Phil Spector, but I just don't think he captured the sound of the Ramones like we wanted to hear them. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of people say that. Yeah. I know Joey was all into it and everything because of the past, like the Ronettes and all that shit. But, I mean, where's Johnny's guitar, you know? I actually worked with Ronnie Spector a little bit after the Ramones. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she was great. Oh, yeah, she was. Terrific voice. Beautiful good band it was like pleasure working for her that's really cool so after the ramones who else did you like can you give us a short list of people that you met, like worked with uh, degeneration a little bit i knew that yeah. one yeah. and uh, ronnie specter not in a lot of bands okay like kind of transferred into doing some other things and then i got into the whole of science and was there for 16 and a half years wow as wow. a visual supervisor that's cool then I transitioned over to the uh, Queen's Theater in the Park. Oh, wow. Last thing, but now, every all the theaters are closed. Broadway's right. closed. Yeah. Theaters are closed. Live events are closed. It's horrible. It really horrible. is, man. Do you think that live shows will ever come back the way they once were? Well, yeah, as soon as they get a vaccine and everybody's safe, you know. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Yeah, sooner than yeah. later, man. Probably... I don't know, by the beginning of the year, things should get start getting better, hopefully. Gosh, I hope so. Yeah, me too. When we get back, I, would, you know, I, had a good, I was in-house manager at the Queen's Theater in the Park there. I really enjoyed my work. Yeah, that's cool. Let me, uh, let me, ask, you about, let me ask you about their rider. Anything yeah. cool on that rider? Did they, did they allow brown M&Ms or <laughs> what, anything crazy or what? Well, no. you who? Yeah? Yeah. Because then, then I, uh, and the, the foreign uh, promoters would call me up and say, "What's you? What? What is this? <laughs> it's, just, just, it's just chocolate drink. Get them some chocolate drink." Now, basically, what I did was I, I simplified it. I didn't want to ask for stupid things because then they'd ignore a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, I asked for like a lot of basic stuff, and I say, "Look, please give us this. I'm not asking you for you know, sweat socks and stupid stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah. Carry on and." Bottles of vodka, whatever. Right. I mean, bigger bands could do that, you know. They yeah. could ask one; they had to get it. But we weren't a mega band, so I, I we just got the basic stuff that we need. But then again, the funny thing with what happened was towards the end, the last year or so, Johnny said, "Look, I want this liquor. I want vodka. I want <laughs> you know whiskey on the rider," and he he take it home. <laughs> at the end there he was stocking up his little bar you know wow it's yeah. a pretty good idea yeah it is because so, he could you know we could ask for it at the end but in the beginning I just kept it very simple and, and I told the promoters and the club owners look you gotta do this it's the basic stuff please you know yeah so the Ramones basically spent most of their career touring in a van right we had a few tour buses right but like in Europe we, we have tour buses I wouldn't drive there but in the States, we tried a few times with tour buses. The problem at, at that time, you had to really sleep on the bus to make it economical. They're very expensive, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they didn't like sleeping on a bus. I didn't really like sleeping on a bus. So we tried a few t- tours with buses and stuff. It was great. But it was, it was very expensive. So what we decided to do in the States was do little sections of the country. So I'd have the crew drive the van, say, to California, and the band would fly there. And then we do up and down the West Coast for two weeks and come back. And then we do 
we'll take a week or so off, and then we do the Midwest. Somebody would drive the van there, and then we'd meet the, I'd meet the crew and the and the van. Uh, we do two weeks in the Midwest. So that's you know that's how that van thing came about in the states. And the yeah, funny yeah. thing about that is, though, later on, the crew had to get a tour bus because <laughs> you know they had to get there to the venue early, set up, stay there. And, and stay there until things broken down and then go overnight to the next, you know, venue and sleep on the bus. So there's some of these festivals, we pull in, the, the big bus would pull in, and we follow in the, the bands in the van. And people say, well, they, this is, the group gets <laughs> the bus and the band is in the van, you know. People thought that was funny. Yeah. And uh, CJ was on the bike. Yeah, the last tour, the last tour he wanted. <laughs> and Johnny, he said, I want, to, I want to ride the bike, but we made sure he had a like support van with him. So he wasn't just him on a bike alone. He had, hmm. he had a van with a crew, and in case the bike broke down, he'd just hop in the van and get to the venue. So we made, made sure that would happen, you know? Yeah. That's cool. I remember the first time I met anyone in the Ramones, it was, I live in St. Louis, so you guys are playing at Mississippi Nights. Uh, and this everyone. white van pulls up and Johnny and everybody jumps out. And I was like, holy fuck, it's Ramones. And, uh, <laughs> I got like pictures of me with Johnny and I look like a scared little schoolgirl and shit. It's great. I think that well, was like 92 <laughs> or something like that. That place still around? No, nah, it's, it's long gone. They even The building's even gone, which is a shame because that was a great place to see a band, you know, that good sound, nice stage. That show, though, people were getting crushed, dude, in the front. I got there, like, I skipped school and got there really, really early that day, like 2 o'clock at p.m., you know. I was just waiting and waiting and waiting. So I was right in the front. And, uh, man, these people, as soon as the Ramones came on, people were just getting annihilated. It was so hot, and, like, people were passing out. And, like, I was helping the security dudes pass people over this barricade and stuff. It was crazy. Good times in that place, though, man. I miss that place. Yeah, I like those nice club. Yeah, it was cool. Hey, I asked uh, I asked CJ and, and Linda this, but uh, about a reunion. Say say the say the guys were still alive, you know, in say two thousand and ten or something, you know, would um would there have been a reunion today even? Uh, yeah, sure. If Joey was in good shape and Johnny, probably, well, yeah, I'll... if they threw enough money at Johnny, yeah, sure. I mean, I think most probably would have stayed together. Joe was in a better shape, you know. Yeah, I think that you know it would be cool. I mean, I think they'd be a huge, you know, if if it could happen, it would have been a big deal. A Ramones reunion would have been huge. Oh yeah, especially nowadays. Yeah, I, yeah, I could see it. That would have been really cool. You so, I got to ask you about uh, Rock and Roll High School. So you're in the, you're in the movie, of course. But um, did you go to uh, PJ's house and party? Yeah, but we, there was a. a <laughs> well, yeah, sure. She's a very, a very nice person. All, all the people in the movie were really nice, and the director's great. Alan Arkish, great person, you know. Wow. He's a great director. He's done a lot, and uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. But you know, it was doing a movie is kind of rough if you don't know about it because you you sit around for like three hours and then they shoot for ten minutes. Then you yeah. sit around for another two hours and they set another scene up. And then Ramones are not, you know, sit around types. They got antsy, you know. So Johnny's <laughs> like, what's the hand? Let's, what are we doing? Sitting around, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then Didi was like hopping around looking for the things to smoke and things like that. And, <laughs> yeah. But it was a good, it was a good experience. So fucking cool, man. They're very good. All, all, the, all the actors in the, 
and the Rockwell High School is very friendly. And cool. Yeah. It's good. So cool. And it's like a great document of the time, you know? So good. I love that movie. I do too. I mean, at the time we had to play shows in between because we were, you know, we had to make some money in between. So there was time we'd shoot and then we took a week off, played some shows, came back. Yeah. It's just hmm. some, some bills, you know? Were the Ramones happy when the movie finally came out? Did they like their the way they were portrayed? Yeah. They were very happy with the movie. That's cool. I mean, it just it it just didn't hit off right away. It took a while, like years, before it became like a <laughs> midnight movie, you know. Yeah, now it's yeah. a cult classic. When it first came out, it came out and Bing Bang, it was gone, you know. Yeah. It got it had the wrong release time and uh, it just wasn't a big hit or anything. So they were kind of disappointed at that, but they they thought the movie was great. They liked it. I I, I assume they'd really like it. It kind of portrayed them as this huge band. Much yeah. bigger than they actually were. Uh, really? Well, okay. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think so. I mean, well, like the whole fucking school is dancing to them, you know, and stuff. You know, that's kind of that wouldn't really happen, you know. The whole school. Okay. <laughs> Depends on what the whole school was taking at the time, you know. Maybe they were all smoking at the. Well. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I can see. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if you didn't know who they were, you would think they were, you know, the biggest band in the world. You know who first got offered for that? Uh, Cheap role? Trick. Yeah, right. Yeah, Cheap Trick. And who... Uh, I thought there was something else behind that, but... Yeah, they got it right, though. It wouldn't have been as good. That's an interesting story with Cheap Trick. Um, you know, Stephen King's a big Ramones fan. Yeah. Yeah. So he wanted the Ramones to play a, a show up in Bangor, you know? So he booked the Civic Center or something there, and had Cheap Trick on the bill. So <laughs> Cheap Trick played, we play, and at the end of the show, after the, he invites the Ramones back for dinner, not Cheap Trick, they were so pissed off. <laughs> and then he we went to his house. He invited the Ramones over to Stephen King's house in the middle of the, the country there. It's like a haunted mansion or something. It was really wild. Cool. But he was a big uh, Ramones fan. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. But Cheap Trick was pissed off because they didn't get invited to the house for dinner. <laughs> wow yeah Cheap Trick another band that's still out there doing it you know I wish yeah, the Ramones yeah. would have stuck around you know it's just a shame yeah. well yeah me too I would have had a job <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you think the Ramones would be doing right now considering they couldn't play shows Just oh that's a, that's a tough one you know yeah that's a tough one it's like everybody it's like stuck you know I don't think they would do virtual stuff. <laughs> Everybody's doing these uh, online sure. concerts and stuff. And yeah, they're not it's good. It's a different world. I mean, I, when I was touring, I didn't have a cell phone. The, the last two years, I had a cell phone. I didn't have a GPS. I used maps. <laughs> uh, and I, my, my, I had spreadsheets for my accounting stuff, you know? Yeah. It was the uh, early years of touring, you know? Yeah, big, what big what I do is I, I go to AAA and get all the maps of different cities, right? And then I Xerox them, like one for the truck, one for the crew, one for me. And then I highlight the way into the city because I call up the, the venues in advance, ask them what's the best route in, you know? And then I, before the next show, I'd hand out these maps to, to, 
the crew and the, the truck drivers and all that, you know? Yeah. But GPS now is a whole other world. Cell phones, GPS, computers. Easier. Much easier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So let me ask you, when, uh, when uh, back to Elvis played a couple shows in the band, right? And then, uh, then Marky. Yeah. So was there... <sighs> I mean, I've heard the stories of, you know, Marky just sort of like, it was like a week off, basically, and, and Marky was right back in the band. But was there anybody in the band that was kind of hesitant about it? You? Or was anybody like, maybe this isn't a good idea? Or was everyone still a Marky guy? About him coming back, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, well, the thing is, I, I went out and saw him play a few times. He was playing with Richie Stotts and King Flux. And he was out there playing, and I got to talk to him, and I could see that he was fine. You know, he was on AA, and he was a different person, you know? Yeah, okay. So he really fell into line. Wow. I mean, he was yeah. there for a number of years. Richie was there for a number of years. So, you know, yeah, yeah. So it took him a while to you know, clean up his act, you know? And yeah. he just came right back in the band, well, like, yeah, I mean, well, he was in miss a beat before that, you know? Yeah, oh, well, yeah, obviously, but... Well, as soon as Richie, you know, left and Glenn didn't work out, uh, I had seen Marky play, as I said, with King Flux, and I said, hey, this is, he's good, you know, let's... And then we approached him, and he's, you know, he was lucky. Fell in very, very, very good, good timing on that. Yeah. I was just more, you know, the stamina that it takes to play those songs, you know, that fast, you know, if he would lose that, no, I not being in the band. <laughs> He's out there playing with other bands. Yeah. Not that fast, though. Well, no, but he's still <laughs> you know, a great drummer, so. Yeah. He, he uh, remembered all his fast playing from the past. <laughs> yeah. So what's your, uh, we, know, we know your favorite Ramon song, but my favorite album was uh, Road to Ruin, Jody's was Leave Home. What do you got? You got any favorite? No, I'd like to be tough to die, and that does good. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic.
Copper, good friend of mine, George DeBose, who actually, I had a management company when we managed Marky, George DeBose and myself had a management company, we got working with Marky, but he did a lot of the covers for the Ramones. Oh, okay. He did uh, Mondo Bizarro, Tutta Die, Animal Boy, um, a couple others there, but he was a great, great photographer. So do you still have... Um you still got your big Ramones collection? No, no, no. No? That, uh, what happened was, um, back in 2016, there was a big, the Queens Museum here put on a big show, Ramones show. It was great. It was like five different rooms, so I was part of that. I had like 150 pieces from my collection in there. And then it went from there to the Grammy Museum in L.A., and it was supposed to travel like the... Bowie exhibit, you know, traveled around a, a while and other exhibits. Yeah. But the unfortunately, the Ramones Corporation were, didn't see eye to eye, so that they broke up. It broke up, and I took everything back. And I figured, you know, why have it sit in my room? It was just sitting in my room for box in boxes. So I had like I put it up on auction. I had like fifteen auctions of all wow. my stuff. It was kind of like my pension from them. <laughs> yeah. It was good because at the time they were, it was the 40th anniversary of the Ramones. They had the Ramones exhibit. Stuff was in exhibit, and so it, it was prime time to get you know get rid of it. And it did very well. You know, and of course, you know, I heard Linda was a little upset with me because I had the pinhead mask, uh, pinhead dress. <laughs> <Right. laughs> 
I, at the end, I cleaned out the, the dressing uh, case where they kept the jackets and stuff, and it was sitting there, so I grabbed it. And with a few of Joey's Ramones stage gloves, those went for a lot of money, too. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I had all sorts of stuff that who knew would be valuable tour passes, itineraries, buttons, badges, t shirts. Yeah. A lot of posters. I, the good thing I did was I, I did take posters from everywhere we played, so I had tons of posters. Oh, jeez. That's cool. And the early, you know, the 70s posters, late 70s, were very valuable, you know. Yeah. I got them up there. So I, that was good. And CJ, he, he put a, he, I think he mentioned that in your show. He, he yeah, put, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of impressed there was only one, uh, one pinhead mask. No, there were a couple over the years. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that'd be... That's uh, that's like the uh, the holy grail, right, of Ramon stuff. I would. Yeah, I mean, it was expensive to make them, so we kind of kept them around for a while. <laughs> so yeah. those, those two, two of them, three of them. One of them was made for the movie, so that we grabbed right away. Huh. Wow. So, Monty, how about you give us? Uh, we'll go through the different Ramones members, and you just tell us like the greatest little story about each guy that you could come up with on the road. Like, start with Johnny, I guess. Is that cool? Well, he was like the general, you know? Yeah, totally. He would just like try to keep everything in order. When when Tommy was in the band, Tommy was like the spokesperson and did a lot of talking. Then Tommy left and Johnny kind of took over and decided uh, who should talk and not. Because he didn't, he didn't really like doing press conferences. So he made me uh, like split them up later on. You know, yeah, uh, you know he was very strict, which is good. You know, no smoking in the van, which I like. I'm not a smoker. Uh, you know, rehearse a lot. I mean, they would rehearse before every single show, and they had a little practice amp, a little drum pad kit, and the three of them would rehearse in one room, and Joey would go into another room with a little boom box and do vocal exercises before every single show. They would warm up. And then when they were off the road, he made sure that they rehearsed on time, you know, for a week or two before the tour. They go into the studio and rehearse. And then, you know, in the beginning, he kind of pointed out, Didi, you did this, you shouldn't have done that, you know. So he's very like, uh, that's why Didi at the end said he wanted to get out of the Ramones army. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, what did you think when Didi uh, was doing that Didi King album? Was everyone like, what the hell, man? Well, you know, that they gave that to him basically to keep him satisfied. You know, all right, do your own thing, you know, be happy, do with that, and then just go back and do the Ramon stuff. Okay, you know. Yeah. But it got to his head a little bit because one day we were like flying to Washington, D.C. or something. He comes to the airport dressed in like sweatsuit and gold chain and jumps. <laughs> <laughs> Out. He said, "What the hell? You, you know, you can do that on your side, but you, we're doing a Ramon show. You don't come looking like that, you know." He flipped that on. Me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hey, it's good for him to get it out of his system, right? What did you think of that stuff? I kind of like it nowadays, but at the time, I thought, "What the hell is he doing?" You know what I mean? I don't exactly. like. I'm not a big fan of rap music. I don't like it. No. <laughs> but uh, when I hear it now, it's kind of got like this. It's kind of like a. You know, it's just kind of funny. It's something you put on when if someone hasn't heard it, and you're like, check this crazy shit out.
Walk what I want, what I want it, oh yeah. Walk what I want, what I want it, oh yeah. I was lacing up my broken sneakers. Mr. Magic blasted out those speakers. It's midnight and the sun is down. I can do the funky strike. As good as James Brown. Bow to the house as I win another trophy. I'm the man in the spotlight. Everybody loves me. And I am a hip hop fiend. I'm the baddest rapper in Whitestone, Queens. I want what I want. I'm way ahead of those other guys Those rookie MCs rocking the mic Blasting out rides that people don't like Cause they all sound like everyone else To have your own style you gotta be yourself There's no sense being a copycat No one wants to hear rappers like that I want what I want what I want Make it to the Hall of Fame If those lyrics you write are considered lame The cut creator, the master of rap When I strut down the street, homeboys tip the hat They stand there amazed, they say there he is The number one rapper in all the showbiz The funky man is here to stay He blows those other rappers away More of a, like a comedy album. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Or <laughs> Yeah, it's cool that he was doing something different, I guess. But uh, well, he wanted to get out of a system, you know. We figured let him do the album, then it would get out of a system. But it didn't, you know, because he, he just wanted to do, get out and do his own thing, other besides the rap stuff, you know. Yeah. But the good thing about that, what happened there was the good thing was that. You know, he left the group, and then I thought, well, this is it. This is the end. I'm dating, for God's sakes, you know, founding member of the band, songwriting and all that. But the thing, good thing about it is we got CJ in the band, which is like a young Didi. Yeah. yeah. They all had to kind of suck in their stomachs to keep up with him because he was, you know, young. <laughs> we called him Baby Ramon. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then Didi stayed writing songs for them. Yeah. Yeah. So we had the great songwriting of Didi and the young CJ, the young Didi in the band, which gave him a number of more years, which was great. Johnny saw that. Johnny saw Didi, uh, CJ said, this kid's going to do it. Actually, CJ was the first one to audition out of 20 people. Yeah. And Johnny saw something in him and said, this is it. And he was right. CJ so was right. were the other guys like a little more hesitant about it or, or they just follow Johnny, whatever Johnny yeah, said. They were happy to continue on. CJ could fit in very well and you know, it took him a couple of months, a month or two to, you know, get in the group, but he knew he was a big Ramones fan and he knew the songs and stuff. It wasn't 
started from scratch. And then, yeah, sure. I mean, he wanted to continue. Marky wanted to play. And Joe was great. And Johnny can want to continue. So they're, they're moved on. It was great. That's cool. I was happy, too, that I can continue to work. <laughs> <laughs> so how about, uh, how about give us something on uh, on Didi, since we were talking about Didi. Yeah, yeah. First of all, there was many different Didi's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the good Didi, the bad Didi, crazy Didi, the drug addict Didi. So that was hard dealing with that because I had to deal with all, not one person, but five of them, you know, at different yeah. times. And it was difficult keeping them, uh, you know, on the road and not uh, doing too much drugs. And there were, at the time, actually, at the time we were doing rock and roll high school, he OD'd. I, I had to take him to the hospital. Mm. pulled out and then came back and it wasn't too bad but you know he was a handful did you know like could you you know in the morning you're at the hotel or something could you tell his mood right away uh, yeah you know a year after year i assume you'd get to know him that well you just you would just kind of know oh fuck it's going to be a bad day yeah but he changed he wouldn't stay one thing a lot you know yeah. Also, I lived out in Queens with him. He, when he finally got a little house in Queens, I lived out there too. So I would, I was in the van with him a lot. Huh. Actually, you know, driving back from the city, and you know, it was a lot of good Didi. You could talk to him at times, and he was he he stayed pretty much uh, okay with me in the van, you know. Yeah. But then, well, you know, he'd flip out sometimes, hmm. and I try have to keep him uh, right after shows. I try to keep around the, the hotel so not to go running off to look for some drugs or something you know that was <laughs> like a babysitter yeah i mean there's an instance actually um chris france has a great book out called remain in love talking heads top down club tina and he writes you know we went on tour with them in 77 in europe that was a great tour that was really amazing you know chris and tina are really great people and Chris is a good friend, but he writes of a, I think I write this in my book also about we at the airport. He's here's he, uh, I think one of his girlfriends stabbed him as he was like hobbling around in a cane, you know. <laughs> Jeez. And, and and so I saw there was something wrong with his cane, so I brought him into the bathroom and took off. You know how the cane has a rubber tip on the end? Yeah. Yeah. And I pulled it off the rubber tip, and there was like pills in it. But it was, he was so crazy that he didn't realize that the pills were being crushed when he was walking around. So I dumped all the pills out. Chris Franz writes about this in his book because he was in the bathroom at the time when I was like doing this to Didi. And Didi was like flipping out, you know, because yeah. I'm taking his, his pills away. I gave him one pill for the plane so he'd be, he'd be calmed down, you know. I said, Didi, <laughs> you, you know, you can't do this. So I took all the pills away. There were, half of them were crushed in the, in the cane. And, uh, and he, I said, you're going to get, you know, you, we're going to Switzerland first. They're, they're going to get bag you right there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so he actually, uh, Chris writes about that in his book. Yeah. See, hmm. I didn't remember him, remember him being in the bathroom at the time, but he was there. <laughs> wow. Hmm. That's Who's next? How about Joey? Oh, Joe. We'll save Tommy for, for, for the last of the original four, since you know him the best. Well, 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 Joey's great. I mean, he's, I, I think I was closest to him later on because, you know, Tommy, I was a, a friend. I grew up with Tommy, then Tommy left, and then I was with the Ramones. So Joey was 
kind of like family because uh, my girlfriend at the time, sister is Angela. I introduced them. And then he went out with Angela. So we were kind of like family. You know, we'd go upstate. He, he had, uh, she had another sister, upstate Mary, up in the uh, Saugerties, Woodstock area. So I'd drive Joey up there and uh, hang out in Joey's house. And I was very close to him because of the girlfriend situation. Hmm. Yeah. And he's great. Okay. He's terrific. I mean, the only thing is the problem I had with him is, is, you know, the OCD, which is a pain in the ass to work with. But I, <laughs> yeah. I had to deal with it. And the problem is I had to make sure that he had, you know, before he we went on a tour, I had to make sure that he had all his stuff lined up, all the proper medicines and the clothes and stuff. Otherwise, if he'd go out on the road and he's missing something, I'd have, have to go out and get it. It was more pain in the neck for me. So I made sure before he went on tour that it, you know, put everything together. But Johnny saw that as I was like taking care of his personal valet or something. But I was, you know, just helping the guy out, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be, I'd be more problem for me on the tour, you know. Yeah. So I made sure. And then, of course, getting him in and out of hotel rooms, that was uh, everything. In and out of the van, in and out of hotel rooms, out, out of his house. I had to do all that. It was a pain in the neck because of his OCD. You know, in the early years, people didn't know what it was. They didn't have a diagnostic, uh, a diagnose for that. You know, they later on figured OCD. <clears throat> so people thought it was like out of his mind because he'd do, you know, go back and touch things and back and forth. It was difficult. So, mm. but he was a great person. I mean, he was terrific. Very great personality. Yeah, that kind of sh it, that shit's got to be tough to deal with, especially on the road. Yeah, I mean, we get, you know, you got to get moving. You got to move. You got to move. And that's what I had to say to him. That's why he wrote that thing in the song about me. Yeah, <laughs> well, like being in the Navy, huh? What <laughs> these driving me crazy? Yeah, <laughs> being in the Navy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I had to, because I, I had to say, "Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go." Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's what they're paying you for, right? Yeah. <laughs> Trip. And of course, Tommy. I grew up with Tommy. Yeah. I went to junior high school with Tommy. I went to high school with Tommy. I was in two different bands with Tommy before the Ramones. And then we had the rehearsal studio together. We built it and managed it. So he was my best friend for 50 years. I mean, wow. after, when I went on tour after he left the band, I kind of you know, lost contact with him for a little bit. But later on, on his birthday, I'd take him out. And on my birthday, he'd take me out. So I'd see him at least twice a year, you know? Yeah. He's a great, uh, very talented musician. Played, you know, later on in his Uncle Monk years, he played fiddle and dobro and uh, banjo and, you know, very great musician. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what he all did after the Ramones as far as producing and stuff. I just know he did uh, the replacements. I think did he did work. Cross. What's that? I think he did work with Red Cross or something. Oh, okay. I didn't know that, but replacements and other things then he did he went into uh, his uncle monk was like alt country in the alt country band yeah <laughs> very interesting uh, huh <laughs> wow i think he has two albums yeah it's just i don't know I, I i know replacement tim is one of my favorite albums and i always thought it was really cool that you know he did that well yeah so. as i said you know when he that's what he really wanted to do. Yeah. After he made a number of Ramones albums, so, and then he 
you know, went out to do a couple things like that. And then we decided to do the uh, country rock, country, uh, whatever, indie <laughs> country. Yeah. All right, how about, uh, how about Marky? Oh, great. I mean, he was always a, the clown on the road. It's always a laugh and a half. Great drummer. Uh, yeah. Never had any, you know, he was, the alcohol problem was, a, you know, a thing, but it only happened, you know, it got it got out of hand when he started drinking too much, you know. But he was always a jolly old uh, at the bar there until <laughs> <laughs> it got out of hand. Yeah. And, the, and then a terrific drummer, and then uh, it was a clown. They, they, he liked to do nutty things, like they bet him to eat a bug or something. They say, hey, here's 50 bucks to <laughs> eat that cockroach. He did it, eat it, you know. <laughs> But there was one time we were in like uh, Hawaii, playing Hawaii, there's like this crazy spider crawling around. So Johnny says, hey, 50 bucks, eat that spider. And he was like reaching for I said, Do you no, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to eat that spider, you know. Who knows? what you know? Right. He doing silly things like that, you know. So was he, the, uh, was he the main instigator on all the pranks on you, or was that Johnny? Well, Johnny. Johnny, basically. <laughs> that's you know, that's the thing because you know that's a good uh, a tour manager has to or a road manager really has to take the brunt on that. Otherwise, if they do it on each other, they probably end up you know fighting and killing each other. You know, yeah. so take it out yeah, on fine. Yeah. Take it out on stupid little things like put honey on the handle of my briefcase or things on the door. <laughs> in and all sorts of nutty things like <laughs> high school pranks you know yeah yeah, yeah. it was fine I, I you know i took it you got 20 years of uh of uh pranks on you but you got the memories and the stories from them at least you know yeah i was lucky to, to put a book on. it was nice yeah very cathartic so, who's next richie yeah Oh, he's great. Richie was good. Good friend. We hung out. Joey, me, and Richie used to hang out a lot. A lot. Great drummer. He was also like the, you know, party, have a beer, and, <laughs> and go out, you know? Yeah. Things, you know? When he joined, could you could you sense um, any kind of a change there? You know, just from different styles? Well, yeah, because he, he was singing and, and, yeah. and writing songs. They let him write some songs and put them in the albums and do some singing, background singing and singing. So that was a big change at the time. Yeah. Because yeah. he else was doing that. It's cool. Until like CJ came around and, you yeah. know, he told you the story. He had to learn the songs and all that, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie yeah. wouldn't come and all that. <laughs> so then they let him sing and uh, put a couple of songs on the album. That was great. So, uh... How about CJ then? Crazy CJ stories? Well, he was great. I mean, what the thing about CJ was, you know, he's coming out of the Marine. So I tell him, be in the lobby, he's be in the lobby. He, he was following. He was like a young kid getting into something way over he didn't expect to get into, you know? So he's very, yeah. very easy to stay in the, in, in, the, uh, in the Army still, in the Ramones Army, out of the Marines, you know? Yeah. Which is great, yeah. but he, you know, he liked the party, at you know, but uh, he was on, he could keep it under control very well. You know? Yeah, yeah, a pleasure to be 
in the group. After Didi was flaking out at the end, you know, to have CJ come in and just like follow the the, the steps, you know. Yeah, it's 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 cool that they found the the perfect replacement, you know. Yeah, for me too. Plus, Didi was a handful, and having CJ there was like day and night at the end, you know. See, Didi's. Yeah, made your job easier, I bet, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like night and day, probably. Yes, yeah. yes. So, uh, who's after CJ then? Elvis, I guess? Yeah, get a clown well, story in, or what? Well, he was always a big friend of the bands and he hung out at CBGBs. We knew him very well. He's a blondie. Yeah. And, uh, at, at the time, they were doing nothing and we had the same manager, Gary Kerr, first. And when Richie left abruptly, <clears throat> I think he always wanted to be in the band, but Gary Kerr first says, ah, it's easy. You, you can... Ramones, it's it's easy. There's nothing. Yeah. Just go and play. Go and play. The problem was he didn't have enough time to get into the group. Great yeah, drummer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Malarkey came in, and Tommy kind of should, Tommy developed that whole style as a guitar player. Developed the, the drumming for the Ramones, and it was different than any other drummers. You know. Yeah. And when Malarkey yeah. came in, Tommy kind of sat down with him a little bit and showed him what. Different style, you know, no fills, no this and that, special, you know, solos and all that stuff. So when Clem came in, he he didn't have enough time to really. We had these shows coming fast, you know. But according to Gary Kerfess, it's easy. Don't worry. The problem is, it's not easy. It's a machine. <laughs> well, any little thing that's out of place throws everything else off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you know, he played two shows. They they were okay, but not quite enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, and luckily Marky came back, and of course, Clem going with Blondie made a shitload of more money than uh, with Collins. <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah, so he's happy, but he always wanted to be in their moms, you know. Yeah, it's cool. It well, he was kind of. Well, yeah, I mean, Briefly. you know, I'd stay, stay in there and put him in the memory. You know, not just two yeah. shows. Right. You know, because we took publicity pictures with him. A funny story about that is like. You know, George DeBose took the pictures and Clem shows up with a Chanel t-shirt on, you know. <laughs> Clem's, this ain't going to work <laughs> in the band. I think he took a couple of shots with him on that. He was coming from a different, you know, Blondie, like a platinum uh, American Express card. And, you know, he was like coming from a different world, really. Yeah, totally. But he's a great guy. Always a very, very good person. Yeah. Deal with. He was a good drummer, too, you know. Great job, great job. I mean, you know, he was with Eurythmics and all the other people he played with and stuff, you know. He, yeah. He's still out there uh, with Blondie and he's got some other group, I can't remember, uh, something Hearts uh, with uh, somebody from the uh, Cars. And, oh, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Hungry Hearts or something or something like that. Huh. huh. I don't know. Hey, Monty, I got this Ramones game we can play if you're down. It'll take us about 10 minutes. You want to play a game? Uh, I'll give you another 10 minutes. Okay, cool. So what will happen is I'll present two choices of songs and we, you just vote which one you think's better or that you like more. You know what I mean? And then that'll advance and we'll figure out what's the best of these 80s Ramones tunes. 
So you, I just pick a song? Yeah, say? yeah. I'll give you the two yeah. choices and we'll all pick and like uh, majority rules and it'll move forward. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Round one. Okay, so the first matchup would be She's a Sensation versus Howling at the Moon. I like She's a Sensation, uh, sensation better. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough one, man, but I got to go with She's a Sensation. Yeah. Sensation, we'll move on. Next one is I Believe in Miracles or Don't Go. Miracles. Miracles for oh. Monty. Nate, what do you You know say? where I'm going. Don't Go. I would say Don't Go as well, so that one will advance. Um, how about Can't Make It On Time or uh, Bonzo? <laughs> That's uh, easy. Well, I like Can't Make It On Time. I do too. <laughs> oh, man. Bonzo. Nate. Bonzo for me. Nate gets uh, scrapped out on boot that one. Boot. How about Psychotherapy Damn. or Real Cool Time? Psychotherapy. Yeah. Nate? Uh, real Cool Time. I'm going to go Psychotherapy. That's just such a killer way to start a show. All right, um, outsider or all, Monty's favorite all the way. We know where Monty's going. Yeah, <laughs> don't think you ask me about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I got I'm going. I'm going outsider. Sorry, hey, Monty. Hey, 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 get off the show. <laughs> yeah, it's been nice Jody, talking. I'll go, yeah. with you, though, I'll go with you on that one, Monty. <laughs> well, that one will go forward. I love that song. How about uh, you? Sound like you're sick or um, Palisades Park? <laughs> I don't know how that one ended up in this list. Oof. <laughs> wow, that's a strange mixture there. Yeah. Uh, the sick one I'll go with. Yeah. Yeah. Too. You sound like you're sick.
about Pet Cemetery or Chasing the Night? Ooh. Pet Cemetery. Okay. Nate? Oh, I gotta I gotta go Pet Cemetery. And All I got right. a question about Pet Cemetery too, since it won. Now was that a was there a lot of uh was there a lot of hope on that song? They they go in to record it. They know it's for a movie. You know Stephen King. Yeah, going to have some big publicity. They they had a at least the label must have had a lot of uh, you know high hopes for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. And did did you remember the video for that? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. If you look carefully, there's a, a Melnick uh, headstone in it. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't even notice that one. If you look, if you look carefully in the background, one of the scenes it says <laughs> Melnick. The headstones. It's better than no Melnicks. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing about the weird thing about that is at Joey's grave, where he's buried in uh, New Jersey, right before you get to his grave, to the right, there's a Melnick stone. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's weird. That's that's creepy. Yeah. 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 A little bit. So that that song seemed to was that the uh, I don't know that seemed to be like an introduction to like a, a whole different audience like more of a metal crowd started probably getting into them right MTV was playing them on like the the metal shows and stuff. Well, MTV didn't play them enough. I'll tell well, you. Well, not enough, but yeah, I remember seeing them though on like Headbangers Ball. You know, Under twenty minutes too. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I, I'm not sure how that worked out with the. Uh, I remember them playing the sedated video quite a bit too. When I was a kid, you know, cool. they they had trouble with the psychotherapy video with MTV because the, yeah. at the time the thing popping out, they didn't like that, so they banned it. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems so crazy to have banned that. It's not that it's not that graphic, really. You know, at the time they they yeah. built still graphic. It was stupid. Do the Ramones think that Green Day ripped them off with that whole basket case idea where they're in the institution? <laughs> I always thought they did. Yes, they did. Yeah, I thought so. All right, so how about the next matchup we have? I Want to Live or All Screwed Up? Well, just to get the back to Green Day, you know, when the Ramones got inducted into the Hall of Fame, yeah, they didn't, John, Johnny didn't want to play because Joey wasn't there. Green Day actually went up on stage and played the Ramones songs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that. It was pretty good. Yeah, I like Green Day. I used to like Green so, Day a lot when I was younger, but I don't like most of what they've done for the last 20 years. So, so there was no option of those guys playing with a with a guest vocalist like I don't know Eddie Vedder or something. Johnny didn't want to do that. Good for him. That's cool. Yeah. Eddie Vedder with his damn mohawk trying to be yeah, that punk. Was, yeah, so stupid. I don't know what he was thinking about that was that, that was off the wall. Yeah. He's a nice guy. <laughs> I, I, I got along very well with him. He was a really nice person. But you know the mohawk thing was a little crazy. Yeah. You know we. Toward <laughs> South America, he came down there for a week and just hung out with the band with the, with Johnny. But the funny thing about that is that you know Johnny's a, a right wing Republican, Eddie does that is a liberal. But they yeah. didn't talk politics. Politics it was all baseball. That's how they got <laughs> very friendly. You know, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, how many more songs we got? Uh, okay, so it's I want to live versus all screwed up. I want to live. All right, Nate. I want to. I'll go with I want to live. All right, you guys are both crazy. Round two. But okay, so then now we're into the second round. Is she's a sensation or don't go? Oof. I'll go with sensation. What? What's the second round? Don't go. Well, it's like the win. The winners. Yeah. They face each other now. It's yes. almost. So over. we'll be done in like maybe four or five minutes. Sensation. Uh, sensation for money. Nate? Uh, 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 don't go. 
I would go as don't go as well. So that'll move on. Can't make it on time. Those are two of the best. Yeah. How about can't make it on time or psychotherapy? Oh, psycho. Psychotherapy. All right. Yeah. All the way. We know Monty's vote versus you sound like you're sick. (laughs) All the way. (laughs) That's better. Okay. (laughs) Pet Cemetery or I Want to Live? You got to stay on his good side here. Yeah. What was the two? Pet Cemetery or I Want to Live? Both have Monty Melnick references, so that's cool. Wow, that's a I want to live. Okay, Nate. Uh, Pet Cemetery. I'd go Pet Cemetery as well. Under the alcohol with the steamboats, ancient goblins and wallows, come at the grand life making a sound. The smell of death is all around And at night when the cold wind blows No one cares, nobody knows I don't want to be buried In a pet cemetery I don't want to live my life again I don't want to be buried In a pet I don't want to live my life again Fall addicted to the sacred place This ain't a dream I can't escape Molders and fangs that are picking up bones Spirits moaning among the tombstones And at night when the moon is bright Someone cries something ain't right I don't wanna be buried in a pet cemetery. I don't want to live my life again. I don't wanna be buried in a pet cemetery. I don't want to live my life
so... Round three. Four left. Yeah. Okay, so Don't Go versus Psychotherapy. <laughs> Psycho. Who? D- don't Go. Mm, I'm going to go Psychotherapy. Damn. How about All the Way versus Pet Cemetery? Uh, Pet Cemetery. <laughs> wow. Really? I'm surprised. I'm going to go Pet Cemetery. Okay. And then. So wait, 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 wait. Get back, go back there. All the way. Why would I vote against that? I was wondering. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> well, let's reverse back there. I was spaced out there. Okay. All the so, way, all the way. Don't even ask when that when that song comes up. <laughs> um. Damn, you had me there for a second. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, for Monty, I'm gonna go all the way too. Then. Okay. So. Final round. So the final round, it's all the way versus psychotherapy. Well, you know where I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to say that too, Monty. That song rules. There we go. All the way takes it. feel pretty good huh monty yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> that's great and that's a great song you know yeah 
I've always He's liked six, that one. So he talks about a lot of things: the Monitor Man, the Van, me. You know, it's a lot of things in that song. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one. I like how. I it guess says, if they just want to have. If it was about fun. me, I would love it too. Yeah. <laughs> Before they throw me in the sanitaria, um, that's the shit. <laughs> yep. That was fun, Monty. Thanks for doing that with us. Oh, well, my pleasure. Cool. Well, he won, so of course yeah. it made it easier for him. So <laughs> yeah, it did. Well, I guess okay. we've ha- we've kept you long enough tonight, Monty. We really want to thank you for coming on. This is great. My pleasure. My pleasure. You want to you want to plug your uh, you want to plug where people can find your book? Yeah, uh, Amazon.com worldwide. Make sure you get the bonus edition with the red Ramones writing on it. Okay. Ramones in red. Yeah. Because I'm up against my own book here. It's crazy. I, I have an updated edition, <laughs> and an original edition. Pop up there, you know. Yeah. And the Kindle. My book basically is, it should be, you should have my book re, uh, in hand, not a Kindle, because I put in like 300 images and pictures, you yeah, know, yeah. Right. a lot of color stuff and, you know. Yeah. I love that story when you're talking about how you're somewhere in the like Midwest or something and that lady's like, Texas. it's so nice of you to take care of those boys. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. No, those, those retarded boys. Yeah. 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 It's really <laughs> yeah, funny. I said, yes, I am. That's my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Maybe, maybe people should just buy all the copies. All, <laughs> all the versions of it. Yeah, yeah there you go. Get yeah. them all. Yeah. So is there gonna be is there gonna be another version? Is there no. I mean obviously not anytime soon, but No, I mean that's one just I put forty more pages in the book. Yeah, yeah, but I mean it, it's cool though. You just keep adding to it as you Yeah, because over the years things have changed with the remote. You know, they they got the uh the cemetery and the, the signs, the street signs, and different people. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Over the years, things change, which was was lucky for me because so I can make an updated edition and then finally the bonus edition, which is forty more pages. Yeah. So, so is 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 Monty A. Melnick ever going to get a? Is he going to get a street or an avenue in New York and Queens? There. I'm waiting. We're waiting. Maybe it'll happen, man. That'd be cool. <laughs> That's okay. That'd be cool. <laughs> I'm not holding my breath, but it's okay. <laughs> one more, one more corner for uh, for Ramones fans to get their picture taken. Yeah, I always see those pictures, you know. Well, you know, so. there's uh, the sign in front of Farsell's High School, right? You know about yeah. that? Yeah, they they named the street in front of Farsell's High School Ramones Way. Yeah, yeah, that's and awesome. Then Joey Ramone plays. Yep. And of course, there's a big mural here in Queens. With, uh, a Bob Gruen photo they painted on the wall, which is where they hung out in the, uh, in the ramp here in Thorningcroft. That's a big attraction. Huh. Sometimes yeah. I run the tours uh, because where they lived, they all lived around the same area. And then they had the Ramones mural there. And I show them all the buildings that they grew up in and stuff. And then the Forest Hills High School, the Ramones signs there and stuff. It's great. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Monty. Thanks. Uh, thanks much. Have a good night. And uh, let's let's do it again sometime. Excellent. My pro- my pleasure. All right. All right. Take care, man. Take care. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Milo from the Descendants, and you're listening to the Dummy Room. There you go, man. Monty. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Dude, it's like, uh, you know, all the people, we try to get everybody related to the Ramones, you know, at least yeah. close to him. And yeah. he's another one. He's one of the closest. So Yeah, totally. I mean, there's no one alive that's seen more shows than he has, you know? Yeah. 
Um, Not so even you Marky. know, uh, no, no, no. So you know, um, you know, um, uh, he, you know, the story about them playing with Black Sabbath and how they didn't go over. And of course, Monty got into it a little bit. Yeah. Told you. I told you Black Sabbath sucked <laughs> last week, man. Remember that? I do remember that, but I still think you're wrong. <laughs> That's not why I think they suck. I just, I just never cared for them. But yeah, anyways. Uh, yeah, stoner, Monty, dude. Yeah, that's true. Monty was, uh, Monty was good. Yeah, it was fun. I had fun. I had fun, man. Dude's a legend, man. He's the only tour manager I know. Yeah. Well, Most well, bands. Jr. Smalling. That's the only other one I know of. Oh, Kiss guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Jason yeah. Bateman I mean, knows him too. I bet you. Yeah, but Kiss, yeah, Kiss is Kiss is kind of like the Ramones. The fans are rabid, you know. Oh yeah. I just I don't think there's that many bands out there. You know, maybe like, the Beatles or like Metallica or something. People maybe. know Do all they? these names and shit. No, I don't know, but I'm just saying, if anybody, it would be yeah, possibly those bands. You know, maybe the Actually, Stones or something. I'm not a I'm not a Motorhead guy, but they had um I did see that documentary, and there was a there was one of their roadies had toured with them for like forever. Really. That was a band but, I never could latch on to. I never could get into Motorhead, dude. I know so many people yeah. love them. I don't understand why. Yeah, but of course I don't remember the guy's name, so he's no Monty. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, man, but hey, I got to I got to go. Yeah, me too, dude. So, I will um next week? Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening everybody and uh have a great week. Toodaloo. <laughs> yeah, toodaloo. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Be bad, be bad.